0: drawing room? Over here. You made it. Oh, come on through. Do you fancy drink? What's your tipple? Well, imagine sitting under the sails of the Sydney Opera House, the southern sun shimmering off Sydney Harbour as you dine on traditional Australian native foods from all over this vast and varied continent. Dining at the Opera House has been a seminal Australian show-stopping experience for generations, but never before has it focused so keenly on the food and fare of the first inhabitants. A new restaurant, Midden by Mark Olive, will open at the Opera House next Tuesday. The celebrated chef and Bundjalung man is at the helm. G'day Mark.
1: G'day Andy, how are you? Very,
0: very well. Now Australia has a pretty stunning array of native flavours. You've got the sea fresh flavours from warrigal greens and sea blight. You've got the bright and kind of tart flavours of finger lime and lily pilly and the sort of nutty and warm uh, wattle seed as well. What are some of the standout ingredients you most enjoy working with?
1: Andy, to work with First Nations Ingredients for the last 40 years has been amazing. It's um, the intensity of flavours, the aromas, the crossover incense, but not only that, the um, the actual proteins and the actual fruits and the actual herbs are so unique in their profiles, and that's what makes you know our indigenous cuisine really really stand out. I think, and to use things like the lemon myrtles, the um, aniseed myrtles, they're the back houses from up around bunjalung area, from the home area where I'm from, and then to use the acacias like the wattle seeds, the different types of Wattle seeds hundreds of wattle seeds um, acacias around Uh, the black and the green are used the most the green has this lovely peanut scent to it the black wattle seed when you roast it you grind that down you have this lovely coffee and mocha flavor to it and that has a great great um, profiles to make a coffee or a tiramisu or anything like that, which is really unique. And to use those flavours and to um, substitute them with other um, flavours, like, you know, we've got the lemongrass. We've got um, that sort of thing, the Asian uh, version of that. You've got um, lemon myrtle. It's a very, very soft lemon. It's not harsh and really, really unique in its flavour profile.
0: Your family is from the Northern Rivers region of New South Wales and you grew up in Wollongong on the south coast of New South Wales. So how much have coastal areas influenced your uh, relationship and taste when it comes to food?
1: Oh, big deal because um, growing up along the beach, loved the beach. Uh, coming from the Bundjalung region, my mother come from uh, Cabbage Tree Island, um, near Evans Head there, uh, Wardell, my father inland at Casino but um, my aunts out at Cabbage Tree Island uh, used to make lemon myrtle uh, scones, fried scones back in the day. I don't know if you've heard of fried scones.
0: Oh, I'd loved. to. I'm salivating just thinking about them. <laughs> Well, they're a heart attack waiting to happen, and they're beautiful. <laughs> it's the last thing you'll ever taste, so it's probably a pretty fitting, fitting way to go.
1: With a lot of lemon myrtle through that, pretty amazing. And my you know, um, aunts used to make me wattle seed pancakes and things like that in the seventies. Uh, so it was really, really unique, and um, it was just amazing to be introduced as a young age. And when I started my apprenticeship in the late seventies, early nineties, I incorporated all of those. Um, things together once I finished my apprenticeship. And in the 80s, did a lot of exploring along the south coast, finding things like the warrigal greens. Um, There were lemon myrtle trees, but down south in Wollongong, a lot of uh, rye berries and lily pillies from around the Sydney region. And, um, you know, there was lots of shrubs back then in the 80s people didn't even know about. And Yes, they didn't know I was foraging in their front yard either. But anyway, it was always um, always available and always exciting to, to come across these plants after a lot of research.
0: Yeah, because this knowledge has evidently always been there. Uh, I'm just curious when the kind of culinary scene began to embrace Indigenous ingredients. Was there any catalyst in your mind?
1: I think it was when... Um, you had a lot of the cooking shows coming along um in the late noughties, right up until 2010 when master really took off and you didn't see a lot of that stuff but um when i introduced like these ingredients through message stick um the indigenous uh, current affairs program which was on um, abc in the early um 90s yeah, Right through until 2010, around that time, I used to showcase a lot of these herbs and spices. And, you know, back then, that's, that was a curiosity factor for a lot of people, but it also initiated a lot of dialogue as well amongst chefs, amongst people, um, seeing this stuff on TV. Because once I did showcase that on TV in 2000, it just seemed to be everywhere. And it's been really exciting to see this movement over the last 20 years. But it really wasn't until um, these cooking shows that it really took off.
0: If you just join me on RN Drive, TV chef and Bundjalung man Mark Olive is here. We're talking about cooking with native Australian ingredients ahead of the launch of his new restaurant next Tuesday. This restaurant, Mark, at the Sydney Opera House is called Midden. Just talk to me about the importance of middens. You know, I've often stumbled across them walking along the beach with my daughter's And just the history that they they can – and the stories that they hold is something quite special, isn't
1: it? Yeah, mate. Midden is – it's a special name, um, I think, anyway. I had my first restaurant back in the mid-'90s in Sydney, and I called that the Midden. And when uh, the Games were coming to Sydney – it was appropriate, I thought, to let's try and get something really different out there. So that was 93, and that was around the same time that kangaroo was decriminalised. So, you know, up until that time, it was pet food. So it was a great opportunity to start using the proteins, uh, to do a lot of that foraging around the mid-90s, and I thought I'd give it a go. And um, that really... Uh, gave people a sense of okay, this stuff's here, but it was way ahead of its time, and it just um, was too confronting for a lot of people. I think eating our coat of arms, but <laughs> um, I think with that as well, it brought um, you know the awareness of these foods, but with the middens, and that's why I called it the midden, being a kitchen uh, scenario, an eating place. Uh, was when the Opera House asked me to name the uh, restaurant, I said, well, the Midden. And to them it was a bit of a curiosity, and I said, well, look, you know, the Opera House was built on all of these Midden shells, or they were all dug up out of Benelong Point there to put the Opera House in. So the historical, you know, um, lay of that land had nine metres of shells that were dug out. So you can just imagine the the eons of times these people were cooking and eating and gathering there to, to eat, hence why we called it The Midden by Mark Olive. And um, I think it's very appropriate. And with the Gadigal people, it's, his traditional name is Chubagali. So it's a, a really, really, in um, I think, you know, a, a great name for it.
0: Of course, the Opera House stage has played home to some incredible Australian and international performances and a hub for storytelling. Have you taken any inspiration from the art of performance and storytelling in this new restaurant?
1: Oh, definitely. It's been a big part of it. Um, Before I even did my TV stuff, and this was in the early 90s, uh, the people I used to see on TV were like Elizabeth Chong, you had Margaret Fulton, you had Bernard King, you had Gabrielle Gatte. So a lot of uh, different types of people, but never any coloured faces. And it wasn't only until Dorinda Hafney came through, that was the first time I saw a coloured face cooking on TV. And it sparked a thing in me to, okay, I'm going to have a go at this. Had a go at it, thought, okay, um, I'm going to really put myself out there. Put myself through two years of theatre in Melbourne, uh, to do performance sort of stuff. And then I put myself through uh, film school, did a BA in producing and directing, and that's where I wrote my 30 uh the Outback Cafe, that that went international, and that's what really gave me my break to really showcase what, what Indigenous food is in this country.
0: If you had to choose one dish on the the menu at Midden that tells a story or that you're most passionate about, which one is it?
1: Uh, there's too many. They all have a story. Uh, we have uh, the lemon myrtles. We have the um, the chicken stuffed with the kwandongs and the warrigal greens. That's a really, really nice dish with a lovely uh, kwandong jus over that. We have the pepperberries berries jus to go with um, the meat. So all these unique flavors, it's really hard to pick one because they all feature something totally different uh, from around um, New South Wales especially, um, but from around the country and incorporating the bush flavors through the bush tomatoes which features a lot in the menu as well because it's a great base for making sauces and it's a great base for making vinaigrettes and giving flavor in um and the vegetarians love it because there's no meat in that aspect but it gives it a lot of flavor a lot of
0: flavor well, that's uh, certainly ruined uh, my dinner, uh, whatever it is. It's not going to be as good as what you're serving at Midden by Mark Olive. It opens at the Opera House Tuesday, July 4. Chef Mark Olive, thanks so much for joining me.
1: Well, thanks for having me, Andy, and have a great day.
0: You've been listening to a podcast of The Drawing Room with me, Andy Park. For more great conversations, search for The Drawing Room on the ABC Listen app or wherever you get your podcasts.